Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning. James, the first chapter. We're going to read a few verses here and uh, just take off from that. Are you ready? James, the first chapter. And I'm going to talk about this morning, <laughs> uh, victory over temptation. All right. Hallelujah. I know we, we haven't talked about that in a long time. We don't hear that talked about much, but we're going to deal with this. At least tonight, today, maybe next Sunday. This is probably part one, I guess, but we'll see. Uh, James chapter 1, verse number 12, the Bible says, uh, Blessed is the man, or the woman, that endureth temptation. Now, you know, um, it, it doesn't say blessed is the man or blessed is the woman that never has any temptation. Yeah. Right. It says endures it. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes you have to endure it. Yeah. What does that mean? You just got to stick with it. Amen. You, you got to just stick with resisting. Amen. Yeah. And so uh, we're just jumping right in. Is this all right? Yeah. Blessed is the man that endureth. You know, it's not a sin to be tempted. Now, the devil will try to make you feel like there's something wrong with you because you're tempted. But did you know Jesus was tempted yeah. without sin? Uh, Hebrews 11 tells us the heroes of faith were tempted. Think about that. The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve in the perfect state in the garden were tempted. Amen? Amen. So we have to settle in our minds that being tempted doesn't mean we're an unspiritual Christian. It just means we're a Christian. We're a believer. And we're being tested. We're being tipped. But blessed is the man that endures it. It fights right through it. Praise the Lord. I wish it just, you know, lasted like 20 seconds. Amen? Come on. <laughs> you ever been tempted before? Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, how many ever fasted and, and then, then the devil start tempting you? Doesn't he? Right? All kinds of food. You'll think of things you haven't eaten in years. I had a guy tell me one time and I thought after he said, I thought, you know what? This probably makes a lot of sense. He says, I don't say anything when I'm fasting. He said, I don't say anything about it to anybody, you know, which you're not supposed to go blabbing around. How many know that? He said, but I don't say anything, you know, to anybody. He says, I keep it quiet. He says, because, you know, it takes the devil a little while to figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> and once he figures out, then he starts giving you vi visions of a great sheet let down from heaven with Twinkies and all manner of unclean things in it, right? <laughs> Amen. How many of you follow what I'm saying? We're being a little bit humorous, but how many know it's the truth, you know, that, uh, you, you, you know, when you, when, you, when you have that temptation, when there is temptation, it's like a pressure and it's like you have to endure that. You have to fight through that. Amen. And he said, blessed is the man that does it. Listen to this. He says, because um, when he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath prepared for them that love him. How I many know there's blessings to come, uh, not only in, in this life, but, uh, but especially in the life to come. We can't forget about that. You know, because here's the thing. You know, uh, time's going by pretty fast. You know, when you're young, 
and maybe it's going by fast for young people now, but when I was young, I mean, four years seemed like an eternity. And now it's like, where'd it go? It's like click, 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 click. It just keeps clicking off. And so as you get older, you begin to think more about there's going to come a day when you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You begin to think about that a lot more. And you begin to realize, you know, I, you know, I need to be faithful. Amen. And, uh, you know, and if you haven't been, how many know you can get there, right? I mean, thank God, you know, the Bible talks about many that were first, you know, were last and last were first. And so, you know, my, my point is, is that, you know, as, as, uh, as, as we live this life, you know, you have to think about uh, there is an eternity. Amen. Just like in the natural, you know, when you're young, you're 18, you don't think about retirement, do you? You don't think about 65. You don't think about 70. You think you've got all the time in the world. And then when you turn 65, when you turn 70, you think, what happened? I was just 18. Amen. Now everybody around me has got old but me. It's like a lady showed me a picture one time. She was at our church and she, she got for a special meeting. And we know, we've known them for years and years, sweet couple. Have been supporters of her ministry for many years. Uh, Levi and Janice uh, Liskaver. And she, she said, Pastor Mark, look at this. And she had this picture and it was her and Levi. It was their wedding and it was Phyllis and I because I officiated their wedding. And uh, we look like a bunch of kids. I had cowboy boots on, you know, and, uh, you know, I wore cowboy boots in those days. Phyllis looked real young, you know, and she said, look, look at that. I said, man, you guys have all gotten old. <laughs> I still look the same, well, which wasn't true, by the way, but I was having some fun. But that time passes by quickly, doesn't it? But if you endure temptation, the Bible says that there's a crying of life waiting for you. Hallelujah. But I believe, you know, I believe this. I, I just know how God operates. I mean, it, you know, everything that you do for Him, it produces heavenly, eternal results. Amen. And blessing. But it also produces blessing right now. Yeah. Right in the, the here and now. Godliness, is, the Bible says, is profitable not only in the life to come, but in this life right now. Yeah. So, you know... <clears throat> We have to remember, though, that, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're just here just for a short moment of time. I mean, if you live to be 100 years old, that's just a short moment of time. Now, you know, it seems like it's long until you've lived it. And then you've realized, man, that went by fast. Amen. Now, notice this. It, verse 13 let no man say, <coughs> when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt see any man. So when you're being tempted, heaven no, God's not doing it. He's not checking you out. But here's how, here's how it comes about. But every man is tempted, or woman is tempted, when, they, when he is drawn away of his own, this is the old King James, lust and enticed. Notice that. How does temptation come? It comes from your own, uh, some translations say desire, and enticed. 
In other words, now in Thai, Samuel, that's from the outside. The lust is on the inside. Amen. See, you know, it's like the how do you catch a mouse? You put cheese on the. Right. What 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 draws the mouse to the trap? He's enticed, man. And an outside sources enticing him for something he has a desire for. Right. You say, well, pastor, I don't have any evil desires in me. Well, God bless you. Won't you fly away and go to heaven? Because here's what Paul said. Here's what Paul said. Whether you like it or not, this is what Paul said. He said, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. Now, people see this differently, but the way I see this, when you got born again, you, you, got, you got born again. Your spirit man got born again. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. Old's passed away. Behold, all has become new. The only problem is, is you're still in that same body. And that body still wants to do things that are wrong. And the reason we know that is because Paul said he had to keep his body under, lest he get disqualified. Amen? So sweet as you look this morning, there's still, there's still something in you sometimes that wants to do things wrong. And see, the devil knows. I mean, he knows what tempts you and what tempts me, right? See, what tempts you may not tempt me that much. I may have overcome that, right? You see, there's such things as legitimate desires that the devil will try to tempt you to fulfill them in an illegitimate way, Right? But then there's illegitimate desires. Now, we'll talk about this later on. We get rid of those by renewing our mind. We, 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 but, but you're always going to have your flesh that the devil can always, always tempt. You're never going to be without temptation in this life. And so we have to, we have to realize, we have to, have, we have to know we have victory over it. Praise God. Amen. And so... You know, as you get older, some temptations aren't as strong as they used to be because you got older. I mean, the Bible talks about flee, youthful lust. There's some things you get older, it it just helps you just getting older. It's like you've already tried everything. It's like that wasn't, no, God's better. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you just get, uh, let's just leave that alone. Praise the Lord. (laughs) This is for the front row up here anyway. And Brother Kenny. Amen. Brother King knows what I'm talking about. You get a little older, and there's things, you know, it's just, you know, but you, you always, the devil can always tempt you with something. There's always temptation. And so we have to understand that. So, there, there, see, when he talks about he, every man is drawn away by his own, his own lust, his own desire, and enticed the devil, he knows, you know, what will, what will tempt you, and that's what he plays on. And then he says in verse 15, when lust hath conceived, in other words, when you yield to it, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it'll bring forth death. Now, there's the reason why God doesn't want us to sin, is because it brings forth death. Amen? See, the devil, the devil, let me, well, let's just go over to Genesis. Go there. We're going to look at some scripture this morning. I'm going to teach this morning. Is this all right? Go to Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> let me show you this. So it's real important that people understand because people think, you know, because I have these, this, these temptations that there's something wrong with me. Well, no, the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he was tempted. Amen. Now, let me say this about Jesus. He didn't have any wrong, illegitimate desires. <clears throat> 
because he, he was, you know, he wasn't like us. But he still had flesh. And Satan can try to get you to fulfill, you know, right desires in a wrong way. Isn't that right? Certain desires that you have in your flesh, they're okay. You just got to do it. You just got to fulfill them the way God, right? Just like the sexual desire. I mean, that's a God-given thing, right? But, you, but the devil tried to tempt you to fulfill it in a way outside of God's Word, and that's what brings forth death. So it wasn't that the desire is wrong. It's just the devil tries to get you to fulfill it in the wrong way. But let me tell you something. If, you're, you know, if you still have flesh, you still have desires that are wrong. Right? I mean, you know, um, having no food, uh, eating is a natural, that's a good desire. You, yeah, you have to have it, right? If you don't eat, you'll, you'll, you'll die. Right. I mean, a lot of us got a long ways to go before that would happen. But anyway, you know, eventually it would happen. You know, eventually you'd run out of energy. You'd run out. Of, you know what I'm saying? Eventually you use up everything you had. Well, yeah, that's all. But but I mean, you know, there's a right way to do that. And there's a wrong way. There's people who have killed themselves with food. Right. So, you know, they start yielding to <clears throat> I don't know whether you know this, but gluttony is not accepted in the Bible. It puts it right along with drunkenness. Amen. Moving right along. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. Praise God, everybody. Listen now. <clears throat> Verse 1. This is the original temptation. Now, the serpent was more subtle, crafty, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, he didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said, Don't eat of it. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. I mean, the devil will always tell you, It's not going to happen the way God said it's going to happen. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. <clears throat> now, I want you to see something, because this is something you have to know, or the devil trip will trip you up. The devil, when he tempts you, he never shows you the bad side. He always shows you the good side, how it's going to please your flesh. He magnifies that. <clears throat> right? And he always, he always withholds the bad side. What do you think Eve might have done if the devil would have added this? Now, eat of this tree... When you do, it's going to destroy the whole human race. Your one son's going to kill the other son. You're going to have sorrow and grief, the curse. You're going to be driven out of this beautiful garden. How many believe if the devil would have been flat honest, Eve might have said no. But he only shows you 
the good side. You got to learn. You got to train yourself when temptation comes. You got to look at what the end result's going to be. Amen. Just like, just like Joseph. Remember Joseph? You know, I mean, the Bible says that he was a, a goodly, the King James uses the, the term, he was a goodly young man, you know, and, and well fa- favored. It, it just means he was handsome and chiseled. That's what it means. He looked like me. <laughs> Forty plus years ago. Now, Joseph was, he was a good-looking man. Now, he's in the house with, with uh, doing business. He works for Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife's in the house. Now, there's probably no doubt she was a good-looking look, woman. I mean, Potiphar's an officer, you know. He had just about whoever he wanted to. He's one of the top leaders in Pharaoh's government. She gets eyes for him. Remember that story? And she entices him, come and lie with me. He, won't, he wouldn't do it. Finally, one day, she grabs his coat. She gets a little stronger about it. He, he, leave, he left his coat, which was a mistake. <laughs> he left his coat, and, and he got out of there. Now, why? Because Joseph was seeing something more than just uh, temporary pleasures. He saw down the road that this would destroy the vision God had for his life. He saw what this would do to him. He saw, he, and he said, how can I sin against God and do this wicked thing? He saw, in other words, he saw the bad in it. He didn't just see the enticement or the good. He saw the bad in it. Amen? You have to, when it comes to temptation, you have to look farther down the road than just right now. You have to, you, you know, a guy said this to me one time. He had, he had, uh, he was in the ministry. He was a preacher. And he had a one-time affair. It was one time. That was it. But it just basically for destroyed his life. It destroyed his marriage. It destroyed his ministry. He had a good ministry. He was, one of, he was a great preacher of the word, and it just, just brought it all down. And he's talking to me one day. He said, you know, I had to go get a job, you know, not that preaching isn't a job, but he had to go out and get a physical job. And he said, he said one day, he said, I was laying under this truck, and I was welding. And he said, it was hot and sweats in my face. And he said, I asked myself, how did I ever get here? And he said, I thought, wait a minute. I know how I got here. One choice. One wrong choice. Y'all hearing me? This is pretty sober this morning, isn't it? One wrong choice. But the devil didn't show him that. He didn't show him that. He didn't show him. Now, if you yield to this, here's what's going to happen in your life. A few months from now, a few years, a year from now, you're not going to be in the ministry. Now, it's not that God couldn't restore. He did this man. This man's back in the ministry and living a good life for Jesus Christ. So thank God for that. But he didn't have to go through that hell. Right? And the devil didn't show him that. He just showed him this, you know, the, 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 the part that the flesh likes. Right? The devil's a fleshly devil. How do you know that? 
And if you listen to him, you'll start acting fleshly. That's why some of the church acts fleshly. And I can't believe that we don't have any more discernment than we do to look at, the, look at people and say, this is, this is not God. This looks like the devil, smells like the devil. Sounds like the devil. This isn't God. It's fleshly. Anything that glorifies the flesh is not from God. Any doctrine that pleases your flesh, throw it away. Right? You know what I mean by that. Take, take that in balance. But you understand what I'm saying. The, God's not into pleasing your flesh. He's into crucifying your flesh. Amen. And so that's why God, God's not against us having fun. He's against us. He's against death. He doesn't want us killing ourselves. Sin will kill you. And that's, that's the reason why that, that God's against those kind of things. Amen. All right. Now, so so he only shows you the good. Amen. Go to John chapter 15. Come on. You get something. This is, I'm, I mean, all right. I'm just tr- trying to flow here with what what I have. All right. John 15. Go there. I'm going to look at a few scriptures this morning before we go today. John 15. So you've got to train yourself. See the bad. Don't just see the good. See, that the flesh likes. When I say good, you understand what I mean by good. It's not good, but it's pleasing to the flesh. See? John 15, go there. <clears throat> John 15, no, excuse me, John 14. John 14. Got it? Look at verse 15. He said, if you love me, shout out, I love the Lord. I didn't what he said. <laughs> I got you, didn't I? How many know? <laughs> but I'm glad you said that. Say it again. But that's not what it says to do. <laughs> it says, if you love me, come on, keep my commandments. How do we show the Lord we love him? We keep his commandments. It's okay to shout, I love the Lord, all right? But that's not, that's not, that doesn't prove anything necessarily. (laughs) Everybody say, keep his commandments. commandments. If you love me, shout, I love the Lord. (laughs) How about if you love me, keep my commandments. What's the right one? Keep the commandments. It's okay to shout, I love you. you li- I mean, you know, your, life, your wife likes to hear, I love you. But your actions speak a lot louder than your words. Right. Isn't that right? It's right. like Aunt B. I don't even know who Aunt B is. <laughs> Aunt B told Briscoe Darling, she said, did you, uh, did, you like, uh, did you like the pie? Wasn't it the pie? Did you like the pie? He said, eating speaks louder than words. I've had three cuts of pie already. That's my high watermark, man. In other words, what was he saying? He said, well, you know, I could tell you I like it, and that, that, that's good. Maybe I should, but eating speaks a lot louder. Amen. Right? When the Jesse DePlantis was eating at this person's house, remember that story years ago? He was eating, yeah, he was eating gumbo at this person's house. I don't know much. I've had gumbo, but he says, you know, he's a Cajun, so he knows more about it than, than I would. He says, if you don't make it right, it's awful. And he said, this woman made us Cajun. He said, I'm sitting there with her, her and her husband and her boy. 
and she's feeding us gumbo, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, she, she goes, oh, Brother Jesse, how you like, like the gumbo? And you don't have to say it this way, but this is the way he says it. He said, ma'am, this stuff is trash. <laughs> he said, you know, her husband, I believe the story, he was kind of like on the fence, you know, serving God. He said, when he, when he, when Brother Jesse said that, he said, he threw his spoon down and said, now I know you're a man of God. <laughs> We've been eating this stuff for years. And the little boy chimes in, yeah, I mean, man, this guy's a real man of God. He'll tell the truth. <laughs> of course, there's probably more graceful ways to tell it than that. But anyway, that's what he said. It's like, yeah, it was like Camden. Our grandson was at these people's house when they were feeding him lasagna. He was little. Yeah, when they asked him, hey, like the lasagna, he said, it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Eating speaks louder than words. Amen. Amen. So if you love the Lord, how many know? Keep His commandments. That's the way you prove your love to Him. Not by just shouting, I love the Lord. He wants you to say, I love Him. I love you, Lord. But you prove it by your doing. Amen. I've had women before, their husbands beat them and they say, but He loves me. No, He doesn't. You don't beat people you love. You need to well, moving on right along. Praise the Lord. Now, look at the 21st verse, John 15. John 20, 15, 21. He said, He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And I'll, this, and I'll manifest myself to him. See? It's one thing for, you know the Lord to be there, but it's nothing for him to manifest himself. See? Right. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? <clears throat> and the Lord said, are you going to show yourself to us and the world doesn't see you? Jesus answered and said to him, if a man love me, he'll keep my words and my father will love him and we'll come unto him and make our, our, our abode, our home with him. In other words, we will move in with you. Talk about a lifestyle change. If the Lord moves in with you and starts manifesting Himself, you're about to live the lifestyle of, you, you heard the lifestyle of the rich and famous. This is the lifestyle of God and company. Yeah. Hallelujah. Verse 24, He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Have you ever asked yourself, uh, I've thought about this, why, why doesn't God just remove temptation? I wished He would. Well, there's some reasons, I think. Number one is He gave us a free will. That's, that's evident from the beginning. You know, people talk about God's controlling people. No, He's not controlling people. He gave people a free will. Now, there's been times He's stepped in and done things. Don't misunderstand me. But overall, He's not controlling people. They do what they want to do. Right? We used to have these religious sayings. Everybody the Lord wants here today is here today. We learned that's a bunch of bull. A lot of them slept in. Right? We learned that's not true. Amen. Now, we know that God does work and He intervenes. He does things for His purposes and things like that. We understand that part. We get that part. But generally, He gave us a free will. You decide what you want to do. I mean, you can go to hell if you want to go to hell. 
You have a choice, see. You go to heaven, you want to go to heaven. It's up to you. You know what I'm saying? He gave you a free will. So he gave us a free will. He gave that to Adam and Eve in the garden. They had a right to choose. They chose wrong. See. And so he gave us a free will. So that's one reason why he doesn't remove temptation. Number two, we just read it right there. We prove our love to him by keeping his word. Number three, you can find this in the Bible. When we, when we take the Word of God and we resist temptation, we strengthen ourselves spiritually. The Bible talks about Jesus when He went through His temptation. You know, 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine that? I mean, 40 days and 40 nights of constant temptation. When He went through that, the Bible says that He went, he, he, he went back to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Because he, he took the Word. There's something about using the Word that makes you strong. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, thank God there's a day coming when we're going to get glorified bodies, Amen. not subject to temptation. Amen. Hallelujah. Nobody will be tempted to overeat at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, maybe Pastor Jerry, but nobody else will be. How many understand all of that's going to go away, right? Amen. All of it's going to go away. Can't be t- See, once you get an immortal body, you can't be touched by sin any longer. Jesus could ascend when he was on the earth. But the Bible said he was without sin. Think about that. He did it right, didn't he? The first Adam failed. The last Adam, he got it right. Praise God. But once we get our glorified bodies, we can't sin either. I don't mean that like, oh, we can't sin. I mean, thank God we, we won't even have the ability to now. We, hallelujah. Just like God cannot lie. But until then, we have to resist temptation. Amen? Go to Galatians. You get something today? I know I looked at some scripture this morning. Do a little teaching here. Galatians chapter 5. Go there. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it maybe next Sunday morning about how, you know, the things that we do to, ha- to, to, to have victory over it. But, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, go to uh, Galatians 5. Uh, look at verse 16. The Bible says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? Right. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, strives, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. That's if you're led by your flesh. But if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. What is he saying? Well, verse 16, he talks about walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, what happens is sometimes Christians get that backwards. And they try to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, so they'll be in the Spirit. But I want you to notice what Paul's saying. He's saying, you, before you get in trouble doing wrong things, you got in trouble because you weren't doing the right things. Isn't that right? As a kid, did you usually get in trouble because you weren't doing the right things? Amen. You know, my, uh, my uncle just uh, passed on last week, it was. He was 90, about to be 91. <clears throat> and um, he was a great, great man. He was a decorated, highly decorated war veteran, lost his leg in the war, was left for dead. They beat him on the head with a shovel. The enemy did because they thought he was gone and they were just going, I guess, they beat him in the head. I don't know if they were going to try to finish him off and just left him there. 
And then the Americans came in to uh, Korea there and found him and put him in a hospital. He was in the hospital for nine months recovering. And then, uh, you know, when he got out, you know, he uh, did some things with his life, went to college and all. And he became the truant officer of our school. <laughs> How many know what a truant officer is? They don't have those today, I don't think. But in those days, the truant officer, he was the guy that come and got you if you didn't show up at school. He's the guy that kept, kept you going. Amen? And uh, Uncle Stanley would come and get you if you, uh, you know, if you were skipping school and stuff. You know, He always had a sweet spirit about him when he do it. He'd go, boy, you're going to have to get back to school, boy. <laughs> but anyway, you know, he, he was the truant officer, uh, you know, and he, he made sure you were doing the right things. Because if you weren't in the right place, you were in the wrong place. And he's come down to the pool hall before to get people, we'll say that. Uh, you know, because they're in the wrong place. Because, you know, our, our school was like in town. And so we got an hour for lunch and you could just, in those days, you could go anywhere. You could leave the school property. You could go down to the corner cafe. You could do what you wanted to. They just let you go. Those were the days when we didn't have all the craziness we have today, see. And so they just let you go, you know. And so there would be this temptation to go to the pool hall and then not go back to school. And see, you're got in trouble because you're not doing the right things. See, the same thing's true. If we're not doing the right things with our life, what do you mean? Well, how I many know we need to do spiritual things with our life? We need to be in the house of the Lord. We need to be in God's book. We need to be fellowshipping with Him. Doing the right things, it keeps us from falling into the wrong things. But I've met people that try to approach us the other way. They try, well, I'm just trying to beat my flesh. I'm trying to beat my flesh. Listen, you need to do the right things. And, you'll, and, and when you do walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You'll, go, you'll gravitate towards spiritual things. Amen. You know, when I got saved, I started doing the right things. If I hadn't started doing the right things, I wouldn't be here preaching today. Because the gravitational pull of all the drugs that I was involved in and all that, that was too strong. It was too strong. But man, when I, when, when I got born again, my feet, man, I hit the house of God. I hit the Word of God. I began to fellowship with God. I began to hang around God's people. I began to go to meetings, praise God. I began to fill myself. I began to walk in the Spirit. I still had, you know, I, my brain was still having a little bit of problems and it was still saying, what have you done? You've gone crazy. <clears throat> you know, I remember I had one friend, <laughs> one friend that didn't do drugs. That's the only friend I had that did drugs. One friend. One. That's it. I didn't have any others. They all did drugs. And so he comes to the house one day and he says, uh, you know, he says, let's go out to Pride's Creek. That's uh, a lake, a park in our town. He said, let's go there. And I thought, well, it's not going to hurt. You know, he, he doesn't do drugs. And so, you know, I'll share the gospel with him. I've already shared the gospel with him, but you know, maybe some more stuff. So I went with him. And when we got there, all my old friends, all my old drug, not all of them, but a lot of my old drug buddies were out there in the middle of the lake on a pontoon boat. And they weren't up to good. They weren't up to good. And one of them got on a raft and he came to shore to get me. And like a dummy, I got on the raft and went out there. 
And they're all just getting stoned, you know. They're all passing around joints, you know, and stuff like that. And they hand one to me. And I look back and think, I wish I'd handled this a little different. But I handed, I didn't, I didn't hit on it. I handed it to the guy next to me here. But I thought, I should have just threw it in the water. But then I thought, they would have thrown me in the water. <laughs> so maybe, it, well, maybe I did do the right thing, you know. But, you know, when I left that, when I, when I got out of that, when I got back to shore, I said to myself, I'm never allowing the devil trick me again. I know what he's up to. Come on. I know what his people do. And I know when they tell you nothing's going to happen, because that's what they told me, nothing's going to happen. I know exactly the devil's a liar. And he hasn't given up on any of us yet. He still thinks he can get you back. He does. And I decided then, that's not going to happen again. I'm I'm not going to put myself in those compromised positions. Amen. And so, listen, before you get in trouble doing wrong things, you get in trouble because you weren't doing the right things. Amen. I said, mm-hmm. I was a kid one time. I know how I got in trouble because I didn't do what I was told to do. Now, let's see. Let's go. Did you get anything today? Amen. I want to look at a, another scripture. All right, let's go to 1 John. We're closing out. 1 John chapter 5. Everybody say 1 John 5. 1 John. All right, 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 5. Got it? Got it? Verse 3. For this is the love of God that we shout, I love God. No. <laughs> we keep His commandments, right? <clears throat> when we love God and keep His commandments. For the love, for, for, and notice this, for his, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome. They'll set you free. Look at this. For whatsoever is born of God. Now, you got any born of God people here? Yes. Overcomes the world. Yes. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, Amen. even our faith. Now, we talk about using our faith for healing. We talk about using our faith for financial miracles. We talk about using our faith for, you know, different blessings. How about using your faith to overcome temptation? Now, look at this scripture. This is our last scripture. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to show you something because I want to kind of tie in something loose ends that we were talking about a while ago. And I want to show you something out of scripture. And this is just, you know, I could show you several scriptures besides this one we're going to look at. But this one will be sufficient. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. You there? Yes. Who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You and I are now in Christ Jesus dead to sin. We're dead to sin. He said, well, <laughs> Pastor, I don't feel real dead to it. Well, let me help you now. <clears throat> what does he mean by we're dead to sin? Well, Paul the Apostle explained it in Romans chapter 6, which we will look at. He said that we're dead to sin. He said we're, uh, we're, we're, we've been freed from sin. We're dead to sin. And he explained it like this. He said, um, 
knowing this, that our old man has been crucified. Remember that scripture? Our old man is crucified. What does he mean our old man is crucified? He means this. When you got born again, you know, the thing that drove you to sin was crucified. It was put to death. Notice the very nature, your nature, that inner nature. See, when, if any man is in Christ, he's a new what? Creature. Old things have passed away. Well, we know everything didn't pass away on the outside, right? No, it stayed the same. If you were 10 pounds overweight, you're still 10 pounds overweight. Getting born again doesn't cause you to lose weight. If it did, I'd get born again, 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 again. It doesn't do it. It fixes the inner man. See, the Bob talks about the inner man, the outer man, your spirit man. See, we are spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit man got reborn. The old nature, the old man, the old nature in your spirit, the old spirit man was crucified with Christ. He was put to death. God does not retrain the old man. He doesn't reform the old man. He kills it. You understand? That's why we can bring somebody in from the streets and train them how they're supposed to act, what they're supposed to say. That's what some churches do. All they are is training people what you should say, how you should act. But you, you don't fix them if you don't get them born again. They got to get born again. So that old man was crucified. He was crucified with Christ. So, so we are actually, our, the, the thing that drove us to sin has been put to death. Now, I know that's true. Because before I got born again, I was a hard-living, drinking, drug, pot-smoking, crazy, wild man. And the night I got born again, that left me. Something happened. I said, something happened. I said, something happened. Said, I don't know if I believe God's alive. Well, don't come talk to me because, man, I've already seen what he did in my life. Oh, Yeah. I've been there where I was about, well, I thought I was going to die, man, I'll overdose on drugs and pray a fire insurance prayer because I knew about God. And, you know, Lord, help me live through the night. Help me make it through the night. <laughs> you know, God knows when you're serious and when you're not serious. I mean, I mean he has mercy. Don't I think he had some mercy on me, you know. But, I mean, I prayed those fire insurance prayers because I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought, man, I'm gonna, I'm, this is my last night on the planet. I'm, I mean, I can just tell I've, I've done too much here. And, and this isn't working. I mean, I got home some bad drugs or something. But here's the thing. When I got born again, that that drove me to sin was put to death. Amen. Now all I have to do is just make my flesh behave. And I have power to do it. Right. Hallelujah. Because I got power when I got born again. Right. And I got power when the Holy Ghost came upon me. Right. Hallelujah. So now I have power. Right. Amen. I don't have to live by the outer man. I can live by the inner man. But before, both the inner man and the outer man were messed up. Amen? But when I got born again, the inner man got fixed. The Bible said he's made in the image and likeness of God in Ephesians chapter 4. Praise God. Now, now I'm renewing my mind. Mind, you start thinking like this inner man, not the outer man. 
began changing the way I thought about things. And now it's simple, man. My mind, my spirit are on the same side. Now all we got to do is just make the flesh behave. The flesh says, I want, no. Your flesh never forgets. Listen, I haven't, since 1981, since December 20th, 1981, I haven't done any, any, any drugs. I haven't, I'm not bragging, I'm just talking about Jesus, all right. I haven't, I haven't uh, drank any alcohol. And I used to like to smoke Winston Lights. And I haven't smoked any Winston Lights. And no, I didn't switch to Marlboro. I hadn't smoked any of it. But that flesh doesn't forget, and it's still every once in a while, you know, not very often, but every once in a while, I was, you know, it, it, it'll see, uh, you, know, a, a, uh, you know, a cigarette or a cigar and say, won't you pick it up? Oh, no, flesh, you ain't getting it. Look at you all like you're so holy. Your flesh never wants to do anything. Huh? You liar thing, you. Yeah. Because I like cigars, too, you know. And, uh, you know, it's like, you. but here's the thing. There isn't anything inside of me driving me to do that now. Amen. What's inside of me is driving me to righteousness. Amen. And it's so much stronger than the flesh. Yes. I always like cigar. I like to smell cigars, you know. My flesh still likes to smell I was driving down Burkhart Road last summer, and this guy in his truck, he must have been smoking a hillbilly cigar. <laughs> you, know what, you know what, hillbilly, it's that big around and it's that long. I mean, he was smoking up all of Burkhart, all four lanes. I had my window down, my, my flesh goes, boy, that smells good, follow that guy around. <laughs> no, we're not, we're going to turn in here, we'll go to Culver's and get a burger. And it was like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> I mean, no, you got to just know you have authority. You have power over your flesh. Do not feel condemned because your flesh sometimes wants to do things that are wrong. Just don't let it. That's called temptation. The devil's tempting you and trying to get you to bite and go for that. That's when you say, no, huh? I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I know what the end of that is. The end of that's death. Right? You smoke enough of them hillbilly cigars, it'll eventually kill you. That's what the devil's after. Amen. It's not that God's, God doesn't want you to have a cigar. He don't want you to die. Well, have a get up on cigars. But let me know. It's just, it's just the truth. Amen. Praise God for His Word. I said, thank God for His Word. Now, you know, today, after doing this for 40 years, my flesh doesn't say much about anything, but occasionally it'll say something, you know, like, oh, you know, remember when you used to smoke? You, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember when I used to do stuff like that. But you know what? I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. And you're, you know what? You're not getting your way. Hallelujah. I'm still working on some areas, like the food area. Uh, you know, obviously I, qu I quit running about two years ago because of some injury things. And then I just began to let my body have what it wanted. And now I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of telling it no again. And it's screaming, it's hollering. And it says I'm killing it. And I'm thinking, I haven't done much yet. You know, lost my, 
I lost eight pounds, ten pounds, and I put two or three back on. But that's going too, amen? amen. Because you, listen, once you once you realize you've got a you've got a power plant on the inside of you, listen, you don't have to let the flesh rule you any longer. I didn't say it's easy, but you can do it. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.